Curry with the shot, Ben cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301, live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 88 of Curry in the Pot. I'm back again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back with another episode, of course. You know, got to deliver one once a week, but I'm back. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about. If you missed last week's episode with Courtney Tate and Takira Carter, make sure you guys go check that out. We had a lot of fun. We talked NBA playoffs. We talked we talked a little draft lottery. We talked about the, the Lakers. We talked a lot of stuff. So if you guys missed that, make sure you guys go check that out. Had a lot of fun with them. Great chemistry. Definitely got to have another episode with them two again. But like I said, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We got second round ended on Sunday. We got we got the conference finals that have just begun this week. And uh, we had the draft lottery the other night. So we definitely got to talk about that. So I'm not here alone. I haven't haven't been alone for a while, so. But uh, yeah, I'm not here alone. I got two guests. Uh, they're no strangers to the program. So first up, I'm gonna do ladies first. First up, I got uh, Miss Takira Carter. Takira, how you doing? Welcome back. I'm good. Thanks for having me back. No problem. And last but certainly not the least, I got the 13 year old Phenom. He's back again. He's like a fan favorite too. People been hitting me up saying you had a kid on there <laughs> and i'm like yeah but uh we got uh one of the hosts from the dad and g sports show on youtube and uh it's my boy g aka bink so bink what's going on man uh, nothing much nothing much all right so Probably. hey yeah no problem man when, when y'all doing another episode on youtube see uh <laughs> See about that. Like my dad gets off of work like late, late. So like I gotta get him, and then on the weekends he gotta go to work, and there's just a lot of stuff going on. Okay, so uh, scheduling conflict basically. Yeah. All right, for sure. But we definitely gonna. Uh, I'm gonna be looking out for that. Make sure y'all subscribe if you guys haven't, and go go check out their work, man. It's a, it's a nice little fun little YouTube show. But guys, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. I want to recap the second round. And, uh, of course, I'm going to start in the East, but I want to talk about r- real brief about the least compelling series of the second round. And that was Binks Celtics. So, Bink, uh, let's talk about it. I know you I don't want, want to, to but, but 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 it's mandatory. So uh, we're just going to talk about that. Let's go. So I feel like game one, I feel like Brad Stevens kind of over adjusted in game two. Like, game two, and, like, game two throughout the series, he was trying to let Giannis beat them when game one we did what we needed to do and, like, put a wall around Giannis in the paint. But game two, game three, and so on, I didn't really see that. Game five, after the first quarter, I turned the TV off, but. <laughs> Man. Man. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, me, Takira, and Courtney were actually recording last week, uh, we, we recorded for about like the first half, I believe, and then, you know, it, it became a blowout after that. But uh, yeah, we we saw it. Uh, I mean, my reaction to the series, I actually had Boston winning the series, but ended up ending in a gentleman's sweep. Boston won the first game, never recovered, never won another game. Uh, may, maybe we can blame Paul Pierce for that. I uh, said it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> they were playing like they did against Indiana. They weren't going to win this series. 
you did say that you did say that a few weeks back but you know we could blame paul pierce for this who has been super inaccurate on his predictions lately <laughs> um but uh I, I gotta blame you know what happened on the floor obviously the chemistry you know just wasn't working out um Looks like Kyrie Irving's gone. Terry Rozier yeah. had some comments. Um, Giannis <laughs> said something real disrespectful, though. Hey, hey Giannis, man, he, he entitled to say what he want to say now. Did you hear what he said, though? What he, he say? said? Um, he said against Boston, you could afford to lose game one, but against Toronto, you can't do that stuff. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, Takir, what was your reaction to the series? I know you've been pro-Bucks throughout this whole thing. So, what was your reaction? Um, it was basically, you know, the best team won and came together, uh, stuck through adversity. When you go down one game, you know, you can have a mentality to bounce back or fall 2-0. Um, and the Bucks did the opposite of that, clearly. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they won out after they had lost that first game, kind of flipped the switch, turned the mindset, showed who the better team was as far as having chemistry, having bench play and also you know just coming uh-huh. together as one get past that round definitely definitely so uh you know enough about that series uh let's talk about a, a more compelling matchup which which literally broke my heart because i talked <laughs> to both of you guys about this i had uh, i had money on the line too <laughs> i had money on the line for game seven of the raptors and the sixes <laughs> and Kawhi leonard Hits the game winning shot. The ball bounces four times. I've never seen that. Never seen that. One in game seven history. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure none of us have ever seen, you know, a bounce like that. Mm-mm. And on a game winning shot at that. Whew. Um. It was a good series though. Uh. Ben, I'm gonna start with you, man. What did you What did you make of that series? See, the 76ers actually kind of shocked me. Like, I didn't think it was going to be as competitive as it was. I thought it might have been, like, six games at most. But then Kawhi showed why he's a top three player in the league. Mm. Their bench played horrible that series. And if they're they're going to be Mil- if they're gonna be Milwaukee, their, their bench needs to play way better. It was one game where I think it was a game Kawhi and Pascal combined for 77 or something like that. Their bench had seven points. Mm. That can happen. They end up losing that game. So their their bench needs to come together collectively. I feel bad for Joel though. He he played great defense on that last play. He really that did. Was, <laughs> ball just ended up bouncing. Too many times. Too many times for my liking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tyker, what about you? Um, I yeah, I think I agree with Bink. I think I had the series ending in at least five games. Um, yeah, so, you, you know, I, I, I said I, Raptors in five. You should do that. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said yeah, Raptors. In five. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I had to think about it for a second. Yeah, I said Raptors in five. Um, but both teams, it was almost like at some point you didn't know who was gonna win because it seemed like they were trading bad games. One game, mm-hmm. I think the Sixers played horrible when they were down by like. 20 by halftime got outscored by like 34 points in the second quarter or something like that um and then the next game after they had got blown out they came back and gave it to the Raptors so um when it came down to the wire in that last shot 
it kind of shocked me because of how both teams weren't really consistent in their play. I think overall, it wasn't a very exciting series, but that game seven, you know, if you put it into retrospect, kind of made the series. Mm, Good points. My thing is, I don't know if you guys watched the entire game, but I, I didn't. But uh, I watched the end. I watched like the last eight minutes or so. And like the last couple of minutes, like the last three minutes, pretty much pretty much defined the whole Sixer season. I know you guys probably saw they had a shot clock violation. They couldn't get shots off. And I'm like, I think they had two shot clock violations. And I'm just like, yeah, are you kidding me? This probably made me more mad than the shot, the Kawhi shot itself. But I'm like, are you, you guys can't get a shot off? Are you serious? This is game seven of the second round. You guys cannot get a shot off. Mm-hmm. But I'm really, 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 I'm disappointed in Ben Simmons. And I probably would have taken him out down the stretch because he's a liability. He's a liability. And I would have liked to see Joel Embiid on the block more. But he cannot be on the block if Ben Simmons is also on the block. Because Ben Simmons, he's only going to be guarded on the block. Nobody's going to guard him anywhere else. So I, I would have took him out. I would have, I would have put Mike Scott in, spaced the floor a little bit. And me personally, I would have had him beat on the block. But you know, Kawhi Leonard hit a lucky, tough shot, whatever you want to call it. I'm gonna just try to not make this about my money situation. But it is what it is. I have a question. Why I made it? What's up? So, do you think Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris are both out of there? Because both of their contracts are out. I definitely think Jimmy Butler is out. I'm not sure about Tobias Harris, but I could see a team overpaying for him. But I definitely think Jimmy Butler is out of there. That team. Uh, yeah, that team, man. A lot of talent. Very talented starting five, but... I guess they just never really they never really found their rhythm, never really got that chemistry going. But we're gonna move on to the Western Conference. And uh we got we got another game seven, which was Portland and Denver. And that game was that game was it was ugly, but then it was it got good. At first, Denver was up, I think, by as many as seventeen. Uh CJ McCullum. CJ McCullum kept the Trailblazers in that game. Without him, they don't advance. They, they they really don't. CJ McCollum, he he carried Damian Lillard. If we're being honest, he carried him that game seven. Uh, Did Damian, Damian Lillard have like two points in the first half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he had a little bit more, but his first half was awful. First half was awful. I think I think it's like one for nine or something. Yeah, but that's, that's was not pretty. And um, I got to give credit when credit is due to Portland. I did. I thought Denver was gonna get it done. But Jokic went cold. Gary Harris went cold. Jamal Murray had an awful game. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, I, 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 the better team, I guess, won. It really comes down to shot makers. And Damian Lillard was not hitting at all in that game until the, the very end. So, I mean, that's what it comes down to. I didn't think, you know, a team whose best player is a center would make it too far. And, you know, Portland obviously showed you with two, you know, bucket getters, two flat-out hoopers that – you know, they got it done, moved on to the conference final. So what are you guys' takeaways from that series? Um, I think Jamal Murray was really the one who carried them. You know, I thought Jokic did his due diligence, you know, getting those triple doubles, making sure he was assertive and stuff. But there was a lot of times where Portland did a nice job when 
fatigue had set in for Jokic, keeping him, you know, not as active on the block and forcing him to make those passes that he was making. Um, which is, I mean, give or take, if Jokic is creating for his teammates, making great passes and they're finishing, then, you know, you can't complain. But when you're eliminating him and making him pass the ball and then they don't get a score, you know, Denver doesn't score out of it. That's great defense by Portland. You eliminated two options um, on the offensive end from them. So I think they did a good job of making adjustments on Jokic, especially when fatigue was setting in. Jamal Murray, he's just a he's just a bucket getter. I think without him, Denver doesn't make it to Game Seven. Personally, mm. um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he really showed out. He showed his versatility as a guard from shooting outside, hitting the three, creating in the open court and finishing around the basket. I thought that was very big on his part. Uh, Gary Harris, he was inconsistent to me. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's my favorite player on the Nuggets. But, yeah, he was definitely inconsistent the whole series. And I think a lot was due to a lot of games. He was in foul trouble, you know, mm-hmm. so he couldn't really get his groove and and play within himself because he was on the bench a lot with those fouls. And then, of course, uh, old head Paul Millsap, he was, <laughs> yeah, he, he was doing his thing. And I, I credit him and call him really the X factor. Um, yeah. Because he was just using his, you know, his knowledge from autumn years. I don't think he did anything that was like exceptionally like, wow, except for use his IQ from so many years of playing and, you know, former all-star and all that stuff, posting up the smaller guards, finishing around the basket, and then, you know, hitting the open three and stuff like that. I thought that really helped Denver. But at the end of the day, Portland, I think they had some awesome bench play from players like Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't very big on Harkless and his play. He. <laughs> He's a he's a liability on the offensive end to me. Defensively, he gives them size. He can block shots, and you know he can defend. But he's also another player because he can do those things so well. He gets undisciplined at times, and he was caught up in foul trouble a lot too. So he he just wasn't it for me. But I think Cancer did a nice job fighting through his injury, mm-hmm. um, being you know, tough when he could with Jokic. And then I credit the bench with players like Collins coming off the bench, giving them. Oh yeah. Zach Collins. His energy was huge. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he came in, he did a good job because a lot of times, you know, the other main people like Aminu, Harkless, they, they were very hot and cold. So having players like Rodney Hood come in and give amazing minutes and Collins. um, And, you know, we'll give it to Seth Curry. He had his games where he, you know, shot well and went off. Yeah, you got to give him some credit. He came off the bench. He was shooting well. Yo, shut up, big. <laughs> what, you don't like Seth? No, yeah, it's, not that don't I, like Seth? it's not that I don't like him. It's just that he's Steph's brother. <laughs> Wait, what? It's just that he's Steph's brother. And plus, he uh-huh. went to Duke. I'm a, I'm a fan of Seth. He went to Duke. So why are you laughing at him, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at him, but it was that one game. I can't remember what game it is. I want to say it was game four when he had 16 in the first half, and the coach basically, yeah. Terry Stotts basically didn't put him in the second half. 
And yeah, that is that is exactly what happened. But I mean, hey, he gave his his minutes where he could. I just mm-hmm. thought that like Aminu and Harkless, they were so inconsistent to me. And it at times it was like okay, so that that bench play really really did help Portland out, especially Dame. Like if, if we being quite frank, he didn't have the greatest series either. Nah, his series was bad. If we we're talking, you know, to yeah, his standards, his series real, was yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would give it to, you know, C.J. McCollum. C.J. McCollum is great. He's a, he's a baller. Yeah, yeah, he did his thing for real. And uh, Damian Lillard, his shooting woes were just like, you know, you want to give him the credit. He's the one who got them to that state, so you can't, you know. Yeah. Not, so, like, he's the one who got them there. He played an amazing first round, and then it was just like, I don't know. He just started struggling, and that's the, what I didn't want to happen to him. But hey, yeah. Big, your thoughts before we move on? Well, I think the better team won the series, but for this series, for me, it was more like, what what are we gonna see from the Nuggets to come, like in these next couple years? And mm-hmm. I feel like they played really tough against a team who I wouldn't really say had that much experience, but they have, they have some playoff experience. They have more than the Nuggets. Damian Lillard did not play exceptionally well. CJ McCollum played amazing, definitely in Game 7. And that's basically it. I feel like the Nuggets will be great for years to come. Yeah, uh, I got a question. Do you guys think that IT should have played at all in this series? Um, was he uh, fully recovered? I know he was dressed out and on the bench, but was he, um, like, okay? That's a great question. I, I, I think I he was okay. Um, I mean, I saw was... him on the sideline. <laughs> it's hard I to say he because okay. he didn't really play this season because yeah. only time I remember seeing him in the game, it was the game he came back, and then it was the Celtics game. He got a little bit of PT, and then I didn't, I didn't see him anymore. I guess he just scratched from the rotation altogether, but yeah, because it's like he like okay, say he does come in the game and he plays amazing, then that's just you know a success story. But he play, he comes in the game and he's not effective, then that's just not helping Denver at all. So you just kind of you just kind of don't know. Do y'all think he's gonna be effective anywhere he goes next year? I think he should be, man. After his situation with the Celtics, it's just you know sad because he put his heart and his soul. Literally to that team, and he he was killing. And it's like all of a sudden, like you you want to act like he did not happen or he wasn't you know the player he was a while back before injury set in, and then the Celtics did him dirty and all this other stuff. I kind of feel like LeBron messed him up. Like the pressure of playing with LeBron is so big, and like he wasn't fully recovered from that injury yet when he came back, and he just looked bad. So like teams. It's kind of like what you do. It's kind of like a what you did last league. And, like, if you play bad last, you're not going to get that star-level contract. Like, what did he get this year? One year, $2.5 million? Something like that. I know it was a veteran minimum. Yeah, so. It, oh. I just feel I bad. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I really man, I really do. feel bad for him. Yeah, you got to feel for the guy regardless uh, of who you root for. But I want to move on. Uh, last Last week... Me, Courtney, and Tykira were recording, and we recorded, we wrapped up the Bucks and Celtics, watched the end of that, and then the Warriors and the Rockets came on, it was game five, and 
Wow. Um, I had dozed off. And um, I watched the first half of my dad downstairs. Went upstairs to my room. I got tired. I dozed off. And then into the third quarter, my dad went, Mike, Mike. KD look like he tore his Achilles. I'm like, no, 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 no way. So I wake up immediately. I'm like, oh, man. Mm. Like, oh, like, what's going on? I think I had texted Tykira back. And we started talking a little bit about the game. And, you know, everybody's on Twitter going crazy, going nuts. And then, but I said from that point on, I said, for the Houston Rockets, it is now or never. If they don't win this game, I said they will not win the series. I know people were saying, yeah, you know, they could win game six and game seven. But what my eyes told me, if they don't win game five, I said they're not going to win this series. And they they had ample opportunities to win. Uh, We saw Steph Curry come alive. And I think he heard me talking trash about him a couple weeks ago. (laughs) But uh, Steph Curry came alive. Klay Thompson came alive. We saw, you know, him have a really good game. And, you know, they did it without KD. Obviously won the series without KD. Uh, Talk to me. Talk to me, guys. So there's two things I want to say. My dad said the same thing. He was like, KD probably tore his Achilles. That did not look like a calf straight. And two, he also said they're kind of showing, like, they didn't really need KD to win. And they and he was my dad was like they probably just signed KD just to get him out of OKC, which I don't believe is true. I feel like they signed KD because they they wanted him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the Rockets, they I didn't have that big of expectations for them knowing that they had to go against the Warriors in the second round. But I didn't expect for KD to get hurt. Demarcus Cousins not there, and they just go out in six. Right. If you would have told me. Sorry to cut you off, but if you would have told me that the Rockets would get, they would get the Warriors in the second round, no DeMarcus Cousins, KD gets hurt in game five, in, in the third quarter of game five, I would have said, you know, I, I got the Rockets to win the series, but I want to see what Takira has to say. She was rooting really hard for the Rockets. I know she was. She wants to see something different, but we didn't see something different. So <laughs> Takira, what you got for me? Um, I mean, I just felt as though it, it was, it almost makes you question, like, what was Houston doing? Like, I didn't, I was like, they, like, same as y'all, if they don't pull it out without KD, they're just doomed. Like, mm-hmm. Chris Paul, he, he played a right game six or whatever. He wasn't consistent. He's a little, I think we discussed this before, Mike, he's a little washed out. Oh, yeah, yeah, CB3 washed up, man. And sometimes it's, it's, he just flops, and it gets on my nerves when he flops. Because uh-huh. it's like yeah. he, he, might, he might get hurt, like just flop. <laughs> now, CB3 definitely washed. Uh, I, I think he got one of the worst contracts in the NBA, you know, besides the John Wall contract. And then but, people uh, were saying trade him. Like, there's nothing you could trade him for. Nah, it, it, no, no nobody did you see a tweet where it was like, <laughs> CP3, welcome to the big three, my guy? Yeah, I sent you that. <laughs> They said the big three is awaiting you, Chief. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, man, they doing my man dirty. But yeah, he just just wasn't, you know, on his P's and Q's. Um, And I certainly thought, I'm like, man, KD's not playing this next game. Let's see what the Warriors can do. Because, you know, you typically, KD, he leads the troops, he leads the pack, then... You know, next option, you're going to see if Clay is going to have one of them amazing games or out of nowhere. It's just the thing is, 
Golden State is so deadly. They can kill you in a bunch of different ways. So, yeah, they, they did prove that they can still win games without him, especially, I guess, we'll do a preview, winning that first game against Portland without KD. And KD probably, he's not playing games, games three or four. Three. He will not be playing games three or four. So it, it really just shows how deadly, um, you know, Golden State truly is. And it seems like Steph, KD's not there. He, he stepped up and he did that. Um, in the first game against Portland as well. Steph looks more like MVP Steph. I want to say the 73 and 9 year Steph. He's looking more like that Steph, and I like that Steph. Yeah, he is for sure. I, I, I want to say one more thing before we move on. I'm disappointed in the Rockets. At halftime of game six, Steph Curry had zero points. Yeah. Zero points. Let that be James Harden. <laughs> exactly. But seriously, zero points. If you would have told me before the game, Steph Curry is going to have zero points at halftime, I would have I would have put my life savings if the Rockets would have won that game. But uh, <laughs> seriously, but uh, I got to give credit to everybody else on Golden State. Quinn Cook came in, contributed. Uh, Jordan Bell, who was, you know, in the coach's doghouse for real. He contributed a little bit too. Looney had a uh, nice game. Uh, Andre Guadalla hit. He had some big shots in game six, too. And, uh, you know, Clay had his game, too. And obviously, Steph, you know, with the big second half. But really disappointed in the Rockets because they were talking for an entire year running back. And you guys lost in six. So that's it. We're going to move on to conference finals. And I'm going to start in the East. But, uh, you know, we've seen, you know, each matchup have a gameplay. Warriors are playing. Warriors and Trailblazers are playing game two right now. But uh, talk to me, Eastern Conference Finals. Um, we were texting during the Bucks game. Man, <laughs> we're like, ooh, it's not looking too pretty. And I was, you know, around the first half, third quarter, they started turning it on. I guess we'll shout out uh Lopez. He had a great shout out, Brooke Lopez. Yeah, he had a great, great game. Um. Yeah, and I think um, we spoke down the stretch. They kind of went away from Kawhi. Kawhi, he had that break in the beginning of the fourth quarter, and it seemed like once he came back in, we'll give props to Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, he had a really impressive game. Um, oh, he off guard. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> finished. Yeah, he finished seven for eight from three, and I was just like, wow, because you know that's usually shot. You just let him have it, but. Yesterday, it was like everything was just gone for him. Um, but I think Gasol, he did a good job of – I'm sorry, not Gasol. Um, Lopez, he did a very good job of stepping up. He was only averaging eight points in the playoffs. So, for him to have a big game like that uh, was yeah. very, very impressive. And then it, it takes the pressure off of Giannis for real, you know, like – you have another player who can step outside. He wasn't only getting it done on the inside. He was shooting threes, feeling confident in it, um, playing great defense. So I thought mm-hmm. his play was really huge. And then I felt like once he was playing well, everybody kind of started stepping up. Malcolm Brogdon, he did a nice job. Uh, Middleton, he didn't have the best game, but I think, you know, down the stretch, he started. Yeah, he had a big three down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think 
with players knocking down shots. Giannis, he was doing a good job. He was drawing defenders. They was packing in the paint on him. Had at least, you know, two to three people around him, and he was uh, kicking it out. And if you, you're doing that, drawing people and finding your teammates, and your teammates reward you by knocking down shots, you can't really ask for much of a more complete basketball game. For sure. Bink? Well, so... Since the playoffs have started, I haven't really, like, made this apparent. But my finals was Warriors-Raptors, and the 76ers series kind of scared me. But my thing is, if the Raptors bench plays well, they can win a lot more of these games very easily. I feel like the Raptors are more talented than the Bucks, but the Bucks have the most talented player in the series, I feel like. And... I just like the Giannis Kawhi matchup. I want to see them go back at each other. And game one, I didn't really get to see it. I just heard a lot about it, and I felt that, you know what Giannis said? Can't lose game ones against teams like the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, like going off of what uh, you said about the bench, um, Toronto's bench in the first half, they had 12 points, and they uh, averaged 17 in the series versus Philly. So... 17 in the first half. I'm sorry, 12 in the first half. I don't know how many bench points they finished with. Obviously not enough to pull out the game. But, yeah, they're, they're they bench. They actually finished with 12. Two. They finished with 12. <laughs> so they had 12 in the first half and finished with 12. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, let awful. me see. Yeah, that is awful. <laughs> yeah, so. Man. So, yeah, let me see. it's going to have to step up. Uh, let me say this. I think the Raptors are in trouble. I'm looking at these numbers. Milwaukee did not shoot the ball particularly well in this game. They in weren't the shooting the ball court. well against Boston either. It's just that Boston was playing horrible. Yeah, I listen, I'm looking at these numbers. They shot 39.8% for the game. They only shot 25% on threes. Still won by eight. And, you know, they were down in this game, too. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm a little. I have. I have to be a little concerned if I'm the Raptors. Seriously, uh, looking at these numbers, uh, Chris Middleton he didn't play well as Takira mentioned. Uh, Miritich didn't play particularly well. All their like other guys didn't play well besides Brooke Lopez and Malcolm Brogdon. He played. He played solid too. So um, I would have to say, man, uh, Raptors. I'm a little concerned. I don't know if they're fatigued, worn out from that seven game series. Milwaukee did have six days of rest. That may play a factor. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, I'm the Raptors sure. up worse. Uh, I was I was on a show, the Round Ball Report, and one of the analysts said, he said Kawhi will have to average 40 points for them to win this series. Mm. He not wrong. It's true. He ain't wrong. <laughs> yeah. He said he would have to, like, average 40 for them to even be contenders. Uh, and I, I thought that, you know, Pretty accurate. I think for for one thing, they did a nice job of sending people at Giannis. But man, that could tire you down. You know, all those defenders constantly having to worry about this dominant player on the inside. Mm-hmm. There's something I want to say about Kawhi. Have you ever seen a player like go to the Western Conference Finals and then make that big of an impact? on another team and basically go to the Eastern Conference Finals in back-to-back years, even though excluding the year he sat out. Um, 
Wait, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. She got, she got to say that again. I'm sorry. Oh, good. Yeah, I was so, about to say, I don't, really, I don't really follow what you mean. Okay, so Kawhi, he was on the Western Conference Finals with the Spurs, and then he joined the Raptors, and now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Have you ever seen a player make, like, that big of an impact? Uh, I would say LeBron, but LeBron, you no, know, Lakers didn't make the playoffs. Um, yeah. But both times LeBron changed, LeBron changed teams, they, they kept going to the finals. So, I mean, I guess from that standpoint, yeah, but not conference to conference. Like, it would, Kawhi Leonard is playing his best basketball of his career uh, right now. I think he is. Um, yeah, his impact is crazy. And it's going to be it's gonna be quite sad if he does walk for the Raptors. If he does leave in free agency, it's going to be, hmm, where do they even go from there? So, I have a scenario for y'all. So if you go with the scenarios again. <laughs> <laughs> so Anthony Davis, just just throwing his name out there, because at the trade deadline, the Raptors were a big team for like Anthony Davis to go there, and I'm surprised that team wasn't getting as much buzz as they should have. Because if Anthony Davis gets traded this offseason, Kawhi Kawhi has to stay, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. who wouldn't yeah. want to play with Anthony Davis? Facts. <laughs> Yeah, if Anthony Davis told me he's coming to my team that made it to the playoffs without him yet on it, yes, I'm saying because we're going because we're going all the way when he comes. For sure, I want to say one last thing about this series before we move on. Uh, I told Takira this last night. Kyle Lowry will not play like this again. So I think the Raptors <laughs> really fumbled because. Kyle Lowry will not have another game like this. 10 of 15, 7 of 9 on threes, especially not that. Kyle Lowry will not play that well. So, like I said, the Raptors are in trouble. In, in my in my mind, in my eyes, what I'm seeing, because Kyle Lowry cannot do that again. It's not sustainable. It really isn't. Well, we, we can't put nothing past anybody. He's he's a pro. If, if we're, you know, <laughs> I know. I mean, for real though, he is. Like, what if he surprises everybody? He has another game like that. Like, let's let's not put it too far past him. I understand that he's not, you know, this. He's he's not a dominant player. He's for sure not the you know the second option. If you ask me, if you ask me who the second option on that team is, it's going to be Siakam all day. For sure, but, yeah, he didn't play well. Exactly, but I mean. The thing is, if Kyle Lowry could do it again, and then Siakam plays well, and Kawhi, he gets more touches down the stretch, they're going to win. But if we're if we're going to put it back into retrospect, and realistically, no, Kyle Lowry doesn't do that again. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> he, do, he doesn't do that again. Um I think Siakam and Leonard, you know, they're going to have to be the ones to have some. They're going to have to combine you know, like some, some good play. Yeah, they're going to combine for like 77, you know, together. Um, and I, at this point, though, if I throw a number out there. Sure, the Bucks had a bad first half, but the thing is, they do a nice job of completion. Mm hmm. And I think, you know, when it's said and done, that's most important. I think the Bucks could probably beat them in five. Whoa, I so would not be surprised. Not game? Huh? They're not getting another game? What you mean? She said Bucks in five. She yeah, said so, in five. So the Raptors not winning another game? They're going to win one. Well, I don't. Well, I, I don't. Wait, wait, so 
Wait. Like, what are you talking about? Bucks bro? are up 1 0. Oh, wait, I'm tripping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, the Bucks are up 1 0. <laughs> yeah. You're funny, man. Right, I'm going to move on to Western Conference Finals. Uh, game one, we all saw. And uh, game two is a yeah, completely different right story. It's a completely this, different story. This is the story. reason I was laughing so hard when we were talking about Seth Curry because he just got to steal old stuff. <laughs> we were talking that's about just, that's funny all right so we're going to talk game one obviously game two is at halftime right now but uh game one i watched this uh at the bar with my dad and i had more fun just chatting with my dad than actually watching this game uh steph curry was getting wide open threes um damon lillard played awful four for 12 cj mccullum seven and 19 both of those guys combining, what is that, 36 points? That cannot happen. They need to both be scoring 36 if they want to win this series. Uh, other takeaways from that game, yeah, Splash Brothers are back. Looks like it. Splash Brothers are back, but uh, the bench contributed. Quinn Cook came in and hit a few shots. Uh, Jarebko hit some shots. Uh, I just like what the Warriors did in game one. Uh, Portland cannot play like that again, or they will get swept. Uh, but obviously, you know, looking at the game now, they're up 15 and a half. Looks like they're not playing the same way they played in game one, obviously. So, yeah, what, what you guys got for me? Well, so, as you said, the Splash Brothers are back. They are back, but Clay is shooting horribly this game. I just like See? to point that out. Yeah. yeah. He, he's shooting bad this game. But... Warriors are still going to win the series. I, there's no doubt in my mind they're getting back to the finals. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the magic has come to an end for the Trailblazers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just like the Golden State. They're they're just they're powerful. They are powerful. When you have Stephen Curry playing the way that he's playing. Uh, I'm about to check his stats at the half right now, actually. He's cooking. Yeah, 19 points, three rebounds, three assists. Six to ten shooting. Yeah, like, like, how do you stop that? For him to be able to just, you know, turn it on like that, though, like, that's the crazy thing about me. It's like, KD goes down, no worries. Here comes, you know, like we said, old Steph Curry, basically. He's in it, and... I think when he's playing well and other people feed off of that, he's yeah, it's contagious. Yeah, and Draymond Green, he's even he's four for six right now, eight point six rebounds, four oh, six. And I think the thing about Draymond Green, he he doesn't score the most points. No, we all know that. But his way when he's playing good, his having you know his little double-doubles, triple-double games and whatever, not necessarily high-scoring margins, but pulling down rebounds, being gritty and annoying and, you know, <laughs> drawing defenders and, you know, assisting others. That's when he is at his best. And I think when he plays well and he's sort of X-factor, that makes Golden State that much more deadly he doesn't necessarily have to be a person with the ball in his hands if he's clapping in your face and stuff like that and he's annoying you and stuff like that I consider that as an x-factor a player like mm -hmm. yeah I, I think his play is actually 
really important, especially without KD. I think, you know, with KD, you can kind of, you can kind of work your way around that. But I think right now him, you know, pulling down rebounds and getting after it is really important for Golden State. Definitely. Uh, Bink, you got anything to add? Uh, not really. It's just that the roles have kind of reversed this game. Like, this game, the Trailblazers shooting 11 for 22 from three, mm-hmm. while the Warriors are shooting three for 14. Yeah. I mean, I think this game is, like, super imperative for Portland because yeah, I, they I think it really is. Oh, you can kiss it goodbye. Yeah, they, I just they don't can't think they can play like this for four more games. Nah, nah, absolutely not. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to move on to one last topic, and that is the draft lottery. Uh, draft lottery was very exciting. I, I think I spoke it into existence, Tykera. Then I do it. I said, uh, I'm going to pray that the Lakers get a top five pick. What they get? Top number four pick, four. number four. So I'm I'm very excited about that. Obviously, uh, the Knicks didn't get the first pick, uh, which a lot of people thought. And um I kind of thought they was going to rig it for the Knicks, for real, for real. Because the Knicks, are, they're, they're dying for box office. They're dying for that star, that name. Yeah, RJ Barrett going to go there. I mean, he's good, but he ain't, he ain't Zion not, Williamson. He's not Zion yeah, he, he ain't Zion. The thing and, is, we, we don't quite know. Like, everybody's real big on Zion, but how will his game translate to a man's game where players are just as strong as him, where players are as skilled as him, where they are more polished than him hitting the three more consistently and stuff like that. That's what I'm going to be curious to see about Zion's game. Zion was playing like a man in the college game, and now you're stepping up Mm -hmm. to a man's game where you have players like LeBron size running you over and stuff like that. Not saying that he, you know, won't be able to step up and do it. I want to see him be successful by far, but I'll be interested to see how his game from college translates to being in the pros. I just think it's, I just think it's sad though because assuming he does go number one overall, he's just gonna be on the team with Drew Holiday because Anthony Davis says he still wants out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, that, that brings up some notion. Him have, you know, gone to the Knicks. Yeah, you said you would rather him gone to the Knicks? Yeah, because oh, nobody's yeah. coming to New Orleans in the offseason. Yeah. People, people actually come to New York. For sure. I think I think people would have definitely went to New York to go, go play with Zion because he doesn't need the ball to be effective. Yeah, uh, I think New York would have had, you know, pieces regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like uh, Moutier, Kevin Knox. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Who went there? Dennis Smith Jr. Yes. Mitchell I, Robinson. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, and I and I definitely think if they would have got Zion, they would have got some people like like everybody thought Kyrie and KD would go to the Knicks. I thought that could have been something possible, but obviously that was just a little fantasy that, you know, social media and sources and stuff like that kind of puts in your head. You kind of want to see mm-hmm. some life. I wouldn't have mind watching that. See, I wouldn't I'm, have mind. I'm seeing what? KD getting linked to every single team in the league. Like, because I saw that him <laughs> and Kawhi might team up in Brooklyn, and I'm seeing that him and 
Kim and Clay are just gonna go to the um no Kawhi and Clay are just gonna go to the Clippers. It's just a lot. I, of I can't through. see that. First of all, I can't see Clay playing for Golden State all this time and going to the Clippers. Not saying that. <laughs> not saying that's a bad move, but it's more so just like, okay, so you're just about to go to a, another part of Cali, like. Right. I think. I, yeah, right. and then you play for a dynasty, and then you go to like mediocre I just I don't know I think I think everything is just all speculation this it, it kind of annoys me Absolutely. on a day to day because people are just it's just like what if this happens oh I'm hearing this I'm hearing that are you really hearing that like Absolutely. are you really hearing that it's made like like it's it's still made like it, it's kind of blowing me because I could just I can just come on the podcast and say you know I think this is gonna happen, uh you know Katie is doing this Katie is doing that it's just, it really is just all speculation and I wanted to propose another topic about the lottery and tanking is dead it's I'll dead actually did it in the tanking era <laughs> oh yeah the tanking is absolutely dead because the Suns the Knicks and I believe the Cavaliers had the three worst records three yep. and. Uh, we saw the Pelicans get the first pick. The Grizzlies get the second. Uh, Knicks, they had they got the third pick, but they only won, what, 19 games or something like that? Yep. My father, so, he has a theory that these teams pay for their spots. You think so? <laughs> I mean, he that, thinks so? That's, I I really don't know how I felt about it. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I'm like, shoot, damn near. Like, Anthony Davis says he's leaving, and then all of a sudden the Pelicans got the number one pick. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that so, was a little weird, though, that the Pelicans out of all teams got it. I wasn't surprised, though. I felt like the NBA was going to look out for them. I didn't think they was going to look out that much, but I thought they was going to maybe give them, like, a top three pick, you know, considering everything that has happened. Obviously, AD wants out, but mm-hmm. I didn't think they was going to get the first pick. I, I really didn't know. I just wanted to sit back and be surprised. And I just I was, didn't want it to be like the Cavs. Yeah, I, I would have been mad. But somebody else, point, uh, Colin Coward pointed this out. He said David Griffin, uh, the uh, Pelicans' new GM, has been in the lottery five times and got the number one pick four times. So it's funny. It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. But um. But it's like, why is that? Yeah, why is that? Yeah. Why is that? I guess we really, I guess we really don't know for real. But yeah, I, I think taking is. I, I can bank on my dad's theory. They probably they probably throw some bread. My my dad said they couldn't have rigged rigged it that much for the Lakers to get the first pick. They had to make it look realistic, <laughs> right? Because nah, when I saw the Lakers was in the top four, I was like, oh shoot! And then I was like, no. I mean, still still good, still good. Don't get me wrong, but it's like you know we we could have taken a number one pick. See, but here's <laughs> another thing: if the lottery played out different, Boston could have had five picks this year, but they only they ended up with three, which is still a lot. But they could have had five. Could have had five. That's crazy. That that's really crazy. Cause Boston literally has like the best of both worlds. You got you know talented players. You know mm-hmm. young assets. You got you know veteran guys. Al Horford, uh, Gordon Hayward, and then you still you still have all of these picks. And I don't <laughs> even know where all of these picks are are still even coming from. Like, like I don't even know where the Timberwolves. Yeah, I'm not from. gonna lie. I don't, get, I don't understand thing. how they um <laughs> they do these things. 
I don't even remember when we got the Kings pick, the Timberwolves yeah, pick, where did the, the Clippers Kings pick. Come from, bro. Where does that? Where did that pick come from? Did the Celtics and Kings make a trade or something? Like, yo, where are these picks coming from? And it seems like, like the when they had Brooklyn's picks, that trade happened so long ago, and that's crazy that they were still accumulating those picks. But like, where are these other picks coming from? Yeah, I didn't even know we I had I think that's something we should research and discuss cuz I I don't I don't I have no idea. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely I'm gonna have to look that up cuz <laughs> everywhere I look Boston has like three picks each draft. Which, yeah, like, but it's like but they advance so I'm like how so Yeah, uh Kings got to feel kind of bad that they don't have their pick. Uh, I mean, but they overachieved this year. Yeah, they definitely did overachieve. I- I'm still happy for the Lakers. I'm still on cloud nine for that because uh, they had the 11th best odds. Who do you got- want them to draft? Um, if they keep the pick, I mean, I like Darius Garland out of Vanderbilt. I know he only played like five games. I was about to say, we haven't really seen much. Of yeah, that. I know he only played like five games, but I like him. Uh. I like um, Hunter from Virginia. I like him as well. I I think Hunter would be a nice addition. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I think he could fit on just about any team. Uh, you know the type of player he is. Uh, I I like him. Uh, but yeah, considering they keep the pick, I would be one of them for me. I don't really know about Cam Reddish. I mean, I think he should have stayed at Duke, but I mean, he's too inconsistent for me. I think his game. He'll it, just put it this way. It will surprise me if he has a decent rookie year. Mm. It, yeah. it will because he was too hot and cold. When his shooting wasn't on, I felt like he wasn't effective yeah. on the court. It, he was almost like, why are you? Uh, okay, let me not say why are you out there. <laughs> but it's like, what else are you about? Well, to I, feel, I feel what you're saying, though. I feel yeah. what you're saying. Because I like, just remember around recruiting season, everybody was talking about how everybody's forgetting about Cam Reddish and then he does what he does in college. Yeah, it's it's true, though. Yeah, it's like, this guy was the number three prospect in high school? It's like, that's, really? That's how I used to feel when I would watch him sometimes, and I guess we like can say sure. John Morant was. <laughs> yeah, like, we can say sure it was hard uh, playing probably with Zion and RJ Barrett. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you was up where up there with them too. Like you, you chose right. to go there cause you felt as though you could play in that type of spotlight. So I just didn't see from him what, you know, I was expecting all the time. We'll say that and give it the benefit of the doubt. Players do go through lapses and stuff like that. So I won't judge too hard because I was a player at some point in my life. And yeah, you can go through some streaky shooting, but I would like, I would like to see how his game translates to the NBA. For sure. For sure. Uh, any prospects you guys oh. are intrigued about? Any- Oh, my my fault. See, I'm watching the game and <laughs> Damian Lillard just, I don't know what happened to him. He was, he got up, he's in pain. That's all I can say. Oh, no. My game must be behind. But, um, yeah. I, I like John Morant for real. He First of all, this dude, he he is confident. He's so confident. I, I will be, I want to see what he can do in the league. He's, um, he called himself on Twitter the point god. Yeah, he did say that. He did yeah. say that in an interview with Chris Haynes. He he called himself a point guard. Yeah, 
Suns fans are sick right now. Yeah, the Suns kind of <laughs> lost out because I thought John Morant would have been a perfect fit in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. They get the sixth pick. So, um, I'm interested I to see how him, went. how John Morant, and, so the Grizzlies said they want John Morant and they're locked on taking him. I'm, I'm interested to see how him and Triple J play together. I like Jaron Jackson Jr. too. I like him a lot. Uh, but another prospect, I'm interested to see uh, Bow Bow. He, cause he only yeah. played, he didn't play that many games in college either. And uh. Oh, what's my guy uh, from USC? Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., I like him. And he a lefty, too. Uh, I like all of those prospects, though. See, with Bull Bull, I wouldn't have been shocked if the Lakers stayed where they were, like in the lottery, and then drafted Bull Bull. That would have been tough. I wouldn't have been <laughs> shocked if <laughs> I ain't going to hold you. That would be cool. But, uh, oh, yeah, one last thing. The Lakers did hire uh, Frank Vogel. Uh, I know I kind of bad-mouthed all the potential candidates like <laughs> Lionel Hollins, Frank Vogel, who was the other one? Mike Woodson. Yeah, uh, Lakers did make a decision. They hired Frank Vogel. I guess that was the um, best thing that they could do, uh, considering, you know, Ty Lue backed out and uh, Jason Kidd is the assistant coach. I think that's going to kind of be something to watch for because Vogel starts off bad. Frank Vogel starts off bad. I wouldn't be surprised if they fire him, promote Jason Kidd to interim. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, definitely something to watch out for. Uh, he is a good defensive coach. Um, I, I guess shout out to him because he didn't even have a coaching job at all last year and he gets the Lakers job. So, I guess shout out Frank Vogel. Yeah. Well, we're in for a treat. Okay. <laughs> It's hard to say because, like, this season isn't over, but I already can't wait till next season. Mm-hmm. I just can't wait till free agency, man. <laughs> just, I, I can't wait. But, uh, that, that's all I got. Uh, I don't know if you guys have anything to add, but that, that's pretty much all I have. Yeah, I think we did good. I'm good. And we did good too. So, uh, yeah, we gotta go catch this game. Uh, so I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank Ty Kira and Bink for coming on. I've uh, been collabing with them a lot lately. They're a lot of fun to talk with. Seriously. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Uh, conference finals oh, is upon us. What you say? Damian Lillard's back up. <laughs> oh, he's back up. Okay, good for him. Good for him. Good for Portland. Good for their, uh, you know, hopes going forward. But yeah, I want to thank everybody for listening. This is Mike Curry, Takira Carter, Bink. We signing out. We out. Episode number 88 is done. Peace.